1: we we'll talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll in the home of the patented Duff McKagan joke of the week. Jericho, Duff McKagan here. Hey, listen, a woman walked into her doctor's and said, she uh, has got a problem with her aviary. And the doctor said, uh, don't you mean your ovaries? And he goes, oh, never mind. Let's have a look. And he looks down there and he goes, oh, yeah, you're right. Looks like there's
0: been a cockatoo up there. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, the cleanest dirty joke I've ever heard. Leave it to Duff to come up with that one. Or maybe it was Axel. you never know. One thing I know for sure, you won't leave disappointed if you go see Guns N' Roses live. I saw them in Vegas about a month ago. It was unreal, slash, Duff, Axel, all sounding and looking great. Go see him if you have a chance. And come see Fozzie as well. We are touring across the United States in our most successful U.S. headlining run ever. There are still tickets left to some shows. Some are sold out. But if you go to FozzyRock.com, you get all the info. And tonight, Friday, September 17th, we're hitting Grand Rapids, Michigan at Elevation in the intersection. Uh, Still tickets available for that. But if you're looking for tickets in Flint at the Machine Shop on the 18th and Cleveland at the Winchester, those are both sold out. But then we return on September 26th in Louisville at Louder Than Life, sharing the stage with Metallica, which is always a bonus. Then we go to Harrison, Ohio at the Blue Note on the 28th. The 30th is Nashville at Basement East. Don't forget about the 27th as well. Indianapolis at Hi-Fi. And then we hit Canton, Georgia, Atlanta area at the Action Building on the 1st of October. Uh, The 3rd is Charlotte at the Underground. The 4th is Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, The 7th in Johnson City sold out. The 8th in Savannah, Victory North. We've got some festivals mixed in there. Go to FozzyRock.com and come check out us with Royal Bliss and Black Satellite. And then we're headed to Europe starting November 29th. The Cavern Club in Liverpool, the place that the Beatles made famous. Then we're hitting Manchester on the 30th. sold out. we got Newcastle, Glasgow, Dublin, Belfast, Birmingham. Sold out in uh, Wales and Swansea. Sold out in uh, Nottingham. Still tickets in London. Go to fozzyrock.com for all ticket and VIP information. And also, after a couple of delays and reschedules, uh, the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Agency Triple Whammy is setting sail October 21st. We are back, baby. It's going to be a great time. we got Kurt Angle, Will Ospreay, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, the Rock and Roll Express, Dean Malenko, a who's who of AEW top talent, including Orange Cassidy, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Lance Archer, and Jake Roberts, the Gun Club, Colt Cabana, Will Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Chris Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, Jamie Hayter, Anna Jay, Chris Statlander, uh, so many more. The lineup is stacked. Go to chrisjerichocruise.com for all cabin info. Brad Williams and Bully Ray are the hosts. Medusa is the guest cruise director. we got Ryan Niemiller and Kate Quigley doing uh, humor, comedy. Uh, we also got uh, Ryan Nemeth is going to do a comedy set. Marco Stunt is going to play some tunes. So much stuff going on. And speaking of tunes, Striper, Quarantine, Fozzie, Crowbot, Rubik's Cube, Secret Saints, Nocturnal Affair, Paradise Kitty, Dave Spivak Project, Dave Schrader's Beyond the Darkness, so much going on. Go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com and get one of the few remaining cabins. All right, today on the show, she made her AEW debut to a full-capacity Chicago crowd, chanting her name, talking about Ruby Soho right here in Talk is Jericho today. She's talking all about that night, how she landed in AEW, what Tony Khan said to her in go position before the show, and how her friendship with Ranson's Lars Fredrickson resulted in her new entrance music and gimmick. Ruby's also sharing the details of her shocking release from WWE. She didn't see it coming. Uh, her time in the Riot Squad and her relationship with both Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. So let's go. It's Ruby Soho right now on Talk is Jericho. So one of the uh, biggest stars in AEW right now, and you're bashfully smiling to say that, is Ruby Soho. And um, I love stories like this and this happened quite a few times here in our company and that somebody comes in and right out of the gate is bigger than they've (laughs) ever been in the business just from appearing on our show now you're obviously very humble and i can tell that but just out of the gate how does it feel to be an aw uh from it's only been what two weeks ten days yeah
2: yeah it's uh it's like I was telling you, it's a dream, honestly. It's, I don't even know if I have words to describe it. It just, it feels like I'm I'm living a completely different life. Um, but, you know, it's so, that's so untrue because the lives that I've lived previously have just led me to this point. And I'm so unbelievably grateful. And this place is so special. Like, this place is so special. And I, I, have wanted to see like this just seems too good to be true honestly like the people are super nice tony's amazing like everybody's been super responsive and the crowds are unbelievable not just in chicago but you know uh, when we were in cincinnati they were amazing and so i know that it wasn't just a one-time thing and i'm just so happy to be a part of it and i'm so excited to fall back in love with wrestling again
1: (laughs) that's a a great quote to fall back in love with wrestling because mm-hmm. even for myself too like when I went to New Japan back in 2018 mm-hmm. I started realizing like holy smokes like wrestling's actually really fun and yeah. creative and and there's there's a passion and and kind of a whole world out there that you kind of didn't remember mm-hmm. and then of course that translated to AEW as well mm-hmm. so um it's interesting because when a bunch of people got released from WWE I asked Tony, "Is there any that you're interested in?" Yet your name was right at the top of the list, and that was was it three months ago, six months ago. I can't mm, remember exactly. Yeah, that yeah, was. a
2: little, a little over three months. Yeah. So,
1: what kind of uh, led you to coming here?
2: It wasn't a difficult decision by any means. It wasn't even necessarily like, "Will I decide to go to AEW?" It was like, "Can I get into AEW?" Like, I think that it is kind of silly for people to just be like, Oh, I don't work at this one place anymore. I'll just go to like, we're becoming like the place right now. And I I love that I get to say we because I love to be a part of the team. I didn't expect to just be here. Because this place was so amazing. And I was just really hoping that I could get here. I really was really hoping I could be a part of the team and be able to help create these amazing things and tell these amazing stories. And, um, I was just, I honestly, I've always said like, I'm just in the right place at the right time, <laughs> but I was just grateful, um, that I was able to do that. And it wasn't a, a difficult decision. It wasn't even really a, uh, it was, it was when I was offered the opportunity, I was an immediate yes. It was no, It's
1: interesting to me though, because it's like, I, I think I asked this before, mm-hmm. but we pretend that I didn't have we met before you and I
2: we've met. Briefly? briefly briefly i wasn't even, i wasn't with wwe at the gotcha. time when we met i was an extra
3: gotcha okay i
2: was doing the rosebud thing that's you what you're right yeah when you and i met we, i was doing the rosebud thing and we met in passing right and there somebody wants to be a part of the interview <laughs> too coming in
1: and running all over the place and, so i was like hello yeah.
2: It is a chaotic. Oh, there's
1: a dog at the door.
2: Oh, that's you know what? That's the oh, only okay. time you can't get mad is when there's a that dog was at the very door.
1: very authoritative knock. That was wasn't it? an it's intense like, it was like, knock. In that, it sounds like a cop knock. That dog
2: that dog meant business. With
1: the cop there with <laughs> the dog, so they're coming to sniff us out. <laughs> Thankfully, neither one of us are packing. Yeah, but yeah. So we we hadn't uh, really met. Mm-mm. So you are one one of the, the kind of not the few people, but I have absolutely. I know nothing about mm. anything other than what I've seen on TV, right. et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. first of all, I want to know the name Ruby Soho mm. and obviously the song Ruby Soho mm. written by our, our good friend Lars Fredrickson, who is a huge wrestling fan to the me. point where he actually gave me a collection of DVDs, pirated DVDs, Chris Jericho's career that he had found matches that from Japan incredible. and Mexico and all that. And he gave them to me like... I was like, "Who still has DVDs?" He gave me ten DVDs. <laughs>
2: I love. that. So Lars
1: is a huge fan, but were you, obviously were you friends with him before? Tell us about how Ruby Soho came to be.
2: So, I have been a fan of Rancid for a long time. Mm-hmm. They were one of like the first punk bands I ever listened to. Um, Where are you from? I am from like a really small town in northern Indiana, like right, like about an hour and a half outside of Chicago. Okay. Um, and I always looked at Lars as somebody that I idolized because like when you looked at him like the way he carried himself like that was a confident dude like he was confident and like he embodied to me what punk was like just do what you want who cares what anybody thinks about you like he just like he was somebody that I was like god he's just so cool and so I, at one point in time uh, while I was in WWE, what I wanted to do, a lot of my co-workers were making their pay-per-view gears in inspiration from like comic book characters and stuff like that. And I wanted to do punk rockers that I idolized. And the first one I wanted to do was Lars. So for my Elimination Chamber match, I wanted to do, my, my gear was inspired by him. It was his inked magazine photo shoot. And uh, it was like he had like the sweater vest thing on with the, the plaid, um, the plaid like t-shirt or uh, polo top underneath. And I was like, OK, I don't know if this is weird, but I'm going to ask him like if it's cool if I do it. And so I direct messaged him and I was like, hey, I don't know if this is weird. I don't even know if you know who I am, but like, is it cool If I, he's like, I'd be honored. That's so cool. Let me know if you need absolutely anything, blah, 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 blah. And he was just so rad about it. Like, he was so nice. And I guess I didn't realize, like, I knew he was friends with punk, but I didn't know, like, the level of pro wrestling fandom. Mm -hmm. And then at one point, he just decided to send me a bunch of, like, a bunch of rancid stuff he sent it to my house and then I sent him for like his kids and stuff I sent him a bunch of like anything I could get my hands on t-shirts like stuff from um like merch and stuff that I could get my hands on like so we had kind of become friends at that point and then when I got released I wasn't really planning on doing a lot of interviews or podcasts or anything because I just I, f- I felt like it was just time for me like at that time it was really hard when I, I was real sad about it so I, I didn't know if it was necessarily the time for me to do a podcast but he had asked me, I was like, "Well, Florence Ferguson's asked me to do a podcast. I'm going to do it." And uh, during that time, I still wasn't sure what I was going to be called. I didn't really like my indie wrestling name, which was uh, Heidi Loveless. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't really like it because it was given to me, and felt it felt well yeah, Yes, and that so, was you. Yes, okay. that was me. That was me. That was me. And uh, it it never was never pronounced correctly. It was given to me, and so I didn't really want to to use it again. And so I had mentioned that to the guys in the podcast and I was like I think I want to keep Ruby cuz like it just feels a lot like me and I was like and and I hold it near and dear to my heart because it was inspired by the song Ruby Soho. And he laughed and he goes why don't you just use that and i immediately just crumbled and Mm -hmm. melted into like 13 year old me and was like what and he was like yeah i can get a couple guys on the phone we can get you you know ruby soho we can get you the song like we can work this out and i was like i'm I'm in front of a camera just trying to hide my face because i was like this is not real like this is not (laughs) real life he is offering to give me this name and this song and everything just kind of fell into place, just so perfectly. So I, uh, I'm very grateful to them. I told him as soon as, uh, as soon as after the debut, I was like, I was like, I feel like I'm gonna be liked because of the song. So like, ideally, hopefully, they like me for me. But if they don't, they like me because of the song. So I was like, thank you for letting me ride your coattails of coolness. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate With it. start, though. Yeah. Right? yeah, if the
1: song is what people kind of equate mm-hmm. to you. Then automatically it's a good feeling yeah. and a good vibe. Yeah. Because it is one of those songs, like I knew the song because mm-hmm. I have that album, but mm-hmm. you kind of forget, and there's a lot of people that had never heard the song. Yeah. That's like Ruby, so it's stuck in my mind. Yeah. You become on the name uh, your name is on everybody's tip of everybody's tongue. Yeah. Because of that.
2: Yeah. You I love it. I love it. I love it. And like I know I know you can obviously relate with your amazing song that everybody's singing yeah. after yeah. after the fact. Like it's such a cool feeling to be like, wow. They're still, yeah, they're still singing the music. And that's gone. what they, that's what I
1: love about about um, AEW is we mm-hmm. encourage that a mm-hmm. lot of people have songs like you know Wild Thing, mm-hmm. real quote unquote yeah. songs that are just written for you. Yeah, and people once again like it's something that used to happen all the time in older wrestling, eighties mm-hmm. and nineties. But now we have it back. It's such a great idea. Yeah, because
2: uh, yeah, it just keeps them. It keeps that energy. Continuing from the point Then the music stops Right It doesn't It doesn't automatically die Because that music that, that energy is still going Yes And it's so amazing it's, it's so much easier Especially as an in-ring performer To feed off mm-hmm. of And to be like Oh mm-hmm. this is still going I'm hyped Let's go
0: The longest field goal Ever attempted Is 76 yards The longest field goal Ever missed Also 76 yards Why bring this up Because knowing your limits Matters Both when you're Kicking a field goal And when you gamble Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
3: Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonder- it's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. How was it you that night in Chicago when you did <sighs> you?
2: Chris? I thought I knew what nerves was until that moment. I thought I knew what nerves was um, when we started to dwindle down, and the girls were going out, and like I'm looking around, I'm like, oh, there's none of them left. So like I'm going up soon. Like I'm at the bottom of the stairs, and my hands are shaking, my heart is beating into my throat, and I was like, I could, I could barely breathe, and I've got like you know friends of mine that are around, and <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, you're gonna be great, you're gonna be great, and I'm like, oh my god. I'm I'm gonna fall on my face, oh my gosh. And uh, the countdown starts to happen and they started chanting my name before you know I came out. And in that moment, I almost started crying. I'm like, I'm not even gonna make it out there because I'm gonna ball <laughs> my eyes out. And probably my, my favorite moments. And it was one of the, one of the pinnacles of like, I know this place is different is that happens. And Tony from behind the screen pops up and goes, let's go. (laughs) He was so hyped because he heard them coming and he was just so excited. And that obviously like translated into my excitement and then they told me to go. And then I got onto that stage and like, that was the realest emotion that was real emotion on my face because i never wanted to leave that moment i Mm. never wanted to leave that moment because it just felt like everything i had done every choice i'd made had led me to this amazing pinnacle of my career of this like this historical pay-per-view that i'm just grateful to be a part of like that pay-per-view top to bottom was perfect it was just perfect a
1: legendary show it
2: really was and the fact that i got to be a part of it i got to be able to experience that crowd like i just i wanted so bad to just stay on that stage and just soak every every ounce of it in and uh and i was like okay i gotta hit the ring and like let's go let's hope we don't we don't disappoint so um but yeah it was it was awesome Um, it's it's it's,
1: one of those moments like i remember back when i debuted in chicago mm -hmm. and this was almost pre-internet people knew that it was me Without really knowing, mm-hmm. but somehow they knew, mm-hmm. and it was like that for you. Like people were chanting "Ruby Soho," mm-hmm. like, and not Ruby Riot. Yes, Ruby Soho. Yes, had that leaked out or something along those lines, or had you already decided to be Ruby so- Soho from the vignettes that you had done? Yeah, so
2: the but vignettes, right? the vignettes kind of like, kind of alluded to it that mm, like, right? I had changed my um, my handle because I had to. Um, but I didn't like Twitter I, handle. Yeah, my, my handle for my Instagram and yeah. stuff. I changed it to real Ruby Soho, but that hadn't been definitive. I just wanted to use it so I could use the destination unknown, like because I didn't at that time. Right. As soon as I, I got know. I didn't know where I was going mm-hmm. and the destination was not only unknown to everybody else, but to me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think that uh, I had used that for a little while. And then the vignettes as they started to come. And then when the, the name was approved and everything was like each vignette we, I wanted to kind of like pay homage to things that I'd done in the past and really take the people on to like a journey of what I what happened after I got released and and then the last one was kind of like okay she's Ruby Soho so I had I had done that but I I also didn't know how many people were going to see the vignettes like all I had them on was my Instagram my Twitter so like how big good they get but like at least enough to get the buzz going like that Mm. that was my name and that was even that was even better is that had they chanted ruby riot i feel like i would still i would appreciate it a hundred percent but i feel like i would still be kind of like okay there's still work to be done like to get them to disassociate me from what i once was but i was able to like kind of like come out as this new person and be accepted for this new person before I even came out. And that was really a beautiful thing. And honestly. people, like
1: I said, people knew. Yeah, like They were chanting and when you came out, it was just one of those moments. Like I said, that night was so great for you know, uh, there's Punk, there's Danielson's surprise mm-hmm. and, and Adam's a surprise. But for you, it was really cool because mm-hmm. like I said, like a lot of people we're talking when you did get released of like, okay, this person, I understand this, but why this person? Mm-hmm. Like when Miro got released, mm-hmm. really like him.
3: Yeah.
1: And so to me, it was almost like a vindication for mm-hmm. you that like, not only were people excited to see you, but they were like really hoping that you'd be there yeah. to the point. Like you said, like it was set up with the Joker number 21 yeah. Who's going to be mystery opponent. Yeah. If that would have been anybody but you, I feel bad. <laughs> I for would them. feel
2: so bad. I would feel so bad. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it was, um, it, like I said, everything from the moment that, you know, I, I had gotten released and I really genuinely kind of felt like a sense of panic of like, what do I do now? Like, I don't know what to do. You know, I, I, I haven't been on the indies in five years so I don't know if I don't know if I'm gonna be you know successful in that and and with the pandemic there's not a lot of indies going on right now and and you know can I get to AEW what well, like I just had so many questions that that yeah. went through my head and I just I was like I don't know because it it did it, it came to a sh- as a shock like mm. I didn't know I had no like feeling or anything like that and and it, I was I was very sad. I, I loved the girls that I shared a locker room with. Like those those women became like sisters to me. So it was just like, oh, I'm not going back to work this What's week. That.
1: So there was no indication for you at all that N- you were going to get like. No, not
2: really. There was there they had they had done some um, some releases prior to that, but there wasn't really any any indication that you know I, I I'd always I always kind of kept my kept my head on a swivel. Like you know I. would it's always one of those things like you, you are you're expendable like you like you're replaceable like you always know that but like in that moment I just bought a house and I was just yeah. like everything's great and then it happened and I was like wow this is intense and I, I genuinely just didn't know what to do I cried and I panicked and I ate a box of Oreos and, <laughs> and, uh, and original flavor. Yes. Yes. Okay, I can't do the double stuff. Right. It's too much stuff. Right. Not a, not a good ratio. <laughs> um, but, uh, and I was like, okay, well, uh, now it's time to, you know,
1: did you ever find out like any reason given? Um, and if you I, say budget cuts, I'm going to eat my hat. That's, that's, I'll eat your hat since that's, I'm not wearing that's,
2: one. That's honestly, that's the only reason I've, I've ever heard was budget cuts. Um, but you know, I, 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 I can't say bad things about like my experience there. There's a lot of stuff I learned. There's a lot of people I got to work with there. I, The Riot Squad, like the girls that I got to, to become lifelong friends with, people that like I'm, you know, Sarah Rose, like I'm the godmother to her son. Mm. And like I still speak to Liv Morgan on a regular basis. Like and that was the Riot Squad, yes, the three of you. Yes, the yeah. three of us. And like that, they were my sisters and they've stayed that way. So like mm. I, you know, I have that company to thank for that. And you know every decision that I made you know led me to this point point. and I think the appreciation that I got you know was from the fact that maybe they hadn't seen everything from me in my previous job that they maybe they wanted to and maybe they wanted to see more from me. I like to think that that that's the reason I got the reception I got it all out was because they were excited to see what else I had to offer. Um, and I was excited to give it to them. So I'm, and I'm excited to continue to give it to them.
1: So well, let's kind of go back into your past. You're talking about being Heather Loveless. We'll pronounce it yeah. properly. So you mentioned that you were in, uh, you were in WWE for five years and we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. How long were you on the Indies? Sorry, Heidi Loveless. I said no, Heidi. No, no, it's Sorry. okay. <laughs> um, how, long were you, how long were you on the Indies before you
3: got to WWE? Six years. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. So before I got to WWE, I was on the Indies for six years. Um, Heidi was Heidi Lovelace was given to me the name was given to me
3: like by
1: your by your trainer or by something by the, the
2: tr- he, um I was trained at first in a backyard somewhere in the middle of uh in Newarsville Indiana and um I was just working at this one particular place in in Indiana and I, I I didn't really know the world outside of of this like I knew of WWE but I didn't know of like bigger indies or things like that like what existed in the world of independent wrestling until I met, you know, my trainer, um, his name is Billy Rock. He, um, trained me outside of Lafayette, Indiana, which is why I built, I built myself from Lafayette is because I want to pay homage to him. Um, and he had like a, a 10 month long in the middle of Lafayette in a storage unit that barely fit the the ring (laughs) with no heat or air conditioning. So in 10 months we got all the snow and the rain and, and whatever. So, um, and he kind of like, taught me the fundamentals. Like before, like my first day, I'd learned to tilt a to head scissors, you know, in the backyard. You'll just learn what Take you can do. Take a bump through a
1: table, but exactly. don't know how to do a hammerlock. Exactly.
2: Yeah. So, um, so he taught me the fundamentals that I needed. And then, um, and then I just, I expanded from there and I was able to, you know, go to England and and Japan, I spent you know three months in Japan with Stardom. Oh and wow! Yeah, how did you like that? So you I, have
1: to live in the dorm for three months. Yeah,
2: right. it was a it was intense. It was definitely a, a a shock for me, but it was it was an amazing it was an amazing time and to see the physical shape that these women are in and the the training regimens and stuff like that. It was it was super intimidating, but I learned so much from there, and I loved the culture. I loved being in Japan traveling scared the ever living hell out of me though like just the in train the trains oh the trains i never knew where i was going or like which train to get off at to get onto <laughs> the other train i probably ended up i got lost in tokyo probably five or six times
1: while i Easy was to over do there too, because those trains yeah if you'd get the wrong one you'll end up on the other side of town
2: exactly it was so that was the only thing that i was like i don't know how to get the
1: one thing that i learned when i first went there like it was way back in 1990 once mm-hmm. again pre phones or whatever was mm-hmm. Every time you leave your hotel, take a business card from the hotel. Oh. So you'll always have the address of where, no matter what that happens. That would have
2: been so smart. Worst comes the
1: worst, just give it to a taxi yeah, driver and take me, like, take me here. Yeah, be like, take me here. Yeah, <laughs>
2: That's so smart. Who
1: else was with you while you were over there?
2: Um, I I had uh, a girl from California. I don't know if she, I think she still wrestles. What's her I'm name? not sure. Hudson Envy. Okay. And then um, one of our... She was living there at the time. Um, I think she has come since come to. I know she worked in the states a couple of times, but she um, she was our, helpful for our translator. Her name was Chris Wolf. Oh yeah, um, yeah I've heard I of her. love that girl so much. Yeah, I've heard She's of her, just yeah. the most pure-hearted soul in the world, and she helped us quite a bit um, with translating and everything like that. That was um, the first time I met Kyrie Sane before she had. Because she was working there. Yep, yeah, yeah. Yep. Wasn't Eo Shry there, yep, too? Yep, Eo yeah. was one of actually one of the head trainers there. Yeah. Um, I have been a fan of her for such a long time and she was the first time i saw her work i was blown away Mm. i was like oh my gosh she's incredible did you
1: wrestle with them there
2: uh yeah i got to wrestle in like a couple multi-mans and stuff but i never got a chance to to really like do a whole lot of single stuff there because i was still relatively like i was still early on i think i was probably four years in at the time but yeah i uh it was an amazing experience i was broke as all get out though like i had I, every penny I had, I took there, and then lo- I was—I had ran out by the end, and then like just to get on, get on the trains like cost money, and like I was literally paying my bills, going to like the post office, filling out a form to send money to my bank account from the post office to my bank account in America, which is also like they take like twenty bucks out to as a, like a transaction fee, and I was like, I, I'm just trying to keep my apartment. By the time I come back. So yeah, that was uh, it. Was tough, but it was amazing. It was. I. I would really love to go back to be able to, like properly enjoy everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Did you ever go back with WWE to Japan?
2: We went there, but we were only there for like a day or two. Right. Right. Yeah, we, show, okay. yeah we never really got a chance. You're like, talking about
1: we went, you want to go back and look around. Yes, I want to go out in.
2: there and like stay for like even if it's just a week, so mm-hmm. I could just really absorb everything around and and be able to just to really appreciate everything. How is for it for it is. girls?
1: Like, I know for guys, like if you want to go to the gym, if you have tattoos, you have to wear a long sleeve shirt because yeah. of course they equate tattoos with Yakuza. Is that of for course. girls too? Oh yeah. yeah. I got,
2: I got a lot of, a real, uh, yeah. <laughs> real concerned looks walking up and down the street. So I tried to cover up as much as I could, um, Luckily, at the time, I didn't have my neck tattoos, so mm. that was that was good. I could cover up a good amount. But if I, I, we weren't allowed into any of the gyms. We weren't that's allowed. That's one thing. They're still yep.
1: very, very squeamish about. Yes,
2: they don't. It like never any, changes, like, They're like, yeah. Oh, we should do a bathhouse, and we're like, sorry, I mean, okay. <laughs> you can't. I mean,
1: swimming? Nope. Yep.
2: Nope, can't do that either. Like, it's just not. It's not a. It's not yeah, a thing. Definitely. And then that, that that's okay. I, I understand
1: What finally brought you to to WWE then?
2: Honestly, like I said, Chris, right place, right time. I believe that um, Jimmy Jacobs was the person that. um,
1: Creator of the list? Yeah.
2: He was the one who actually got me looked at, at least. He told um, Sarah Amato about me, and, you know, I spoke with her briefly, and then, you know, a few weeks later, I had an email that said, hey, we'd like you to come down for a tryout. And I was. I was, I, so I'm forever you know grateful to him mm. and I came down and I did the tryout and- is that one of those
1: tryouts like at the PC where you have to do 10,000 drills oh my god yeah. <laughs>
2: the bag drill dude is the most the bag drill Ugh. which one is that so it's like you, they, like you have a uh, like a boxing like bag or like I think yeah, it, yeah like and they punching put it, bag yeah punching bag thing and they put it in the middle of the ring and then you have to do a drop down on one side a drop down on the other side hit the ropes drop down on one side drop down on the other side hit the ropes you have to do that like t- I want to say twenty times oh and you have to do that in three separate rings three rings
1: so you do one then get out and do the other one, get to the other one or oh my twenty
2: God. times twenty times twenty times the the only saving grace honestly only saving grace is that Robbie Brookside is at the end and he is the most motivating dude on planet Earth. Go on then. Go on then, lad. Go on then.
1: Also a fellow punk rock aficionado.
2: He's my punk rock Yoda. Oh, Oh my gosh. I've never met a human being who knows more about punk Than that man. You tell him a band, he knows where they're from, he knows their biggest hit, he knows how long that they've been around, what genre of punk that they play. It's amazing. I'm like, you're like an encyclopedia. We
1: were were in Hamburg together in '93 for like six weeks, and and I'm that way for heavy metal. So Mm -hmm. we were constantly quizzing each other about punk rock and heavy metal. And where we were staying, there was a concert hall called The Docks right across from us. So we went and saw, okay, this week, I'm going to take you to the Mighty Mighty Ball Stones. (laughs) All right, then I'm going to take you to Halloween.
3: I love that. All right, that. then I'm going to
1: take you to see whoever. I can't remember who it was the DRI. Yeah. All right, well, then I'll take you to, you know, the Saxon or whatever yeah. Else, so Yeah. God, <laughs> so he's... he'd be your motivator at the end of these
2: Oh, drills. yeah, 100%. He he came up to me, and I was nervous as hell as all hell. Like, pretty much everybody is, you know, at those tryouts. Like, they're right. just trying to change their lives and stuff. And... Uh, he walks up to me and I think he knows that like I had like a love for punk rock like probably based off of you know some of the stuff I'd filled up filled out in the the questionnaires and he goes he looks at me and goes top five punk bands go and I was so (laughs) nervous in that moment I honestly don't even remember what I had said I know that I had just like for, first of all, in that moment, I forgot every punk band I'd ever listened right, to in course. my whole life. I was like, um, um, and then so I gave him a bunch of bands, but I, rem- I don't remember all the other bands I said. I just remembered that I had listened to Alkaline Trio in the car before i got there because i needed something kind of a little calming but a little like okay right and he was so mad that every time i'd get to his ring for that bag drill thing he'd be like alkaline trio come <laughs> on then because <laughs> he is one of those he's one of those punkers that like the less you can understand in the lyrics yeah manner. that's not really punk, And he, yeah and trio, he and yeah. in, in, in his head like anytime like if it's if it's like pop punk in general he goes bubblegum pop (laughs) like he like and so we'd always go back and forth there's some bands he likes that you know i'm like you can understand this and you like it and so like it was me trying to be like this is another band i think you'll like (laughs) and so it was me trying to get him to to listen to some new stuff he always like anytime i i'm like stuck i haven't listened to anything new in a while i'm like hey give me a band to listen to Right, right and he always he always sends me something new so he's just honestly he's the best i He was the best it was so much fun to work with him So
1: he helped you kind of get through this tryout and then then did they hire you right away or
2: from yeah so from the get like I So my my hiring story is always one of my favorites because when you get hired or you get the phone call or the email like you always think you're gonna be somewhere that like were like confetti is gonna rain from the ceiling it's gonna be this perfect moment and i was working as a bartender at the time and they were somewhere overseas so they couldn't call me so they sent me an an email and i got this email and (laughs) after i got the email i'm eating like (laughs) next door to this bar i had this awesome hot dog place that had barbecue like pulled pork on it and whatever <laughs> I was like I'm just eating I'm like oh, I didn't get hired I got it I, and I my phone goes off and I see my email and I immediately start running through the bar that I work with with barbecue sauce <laughs> all over my face <laughs> look I got the job and everybody's like I thought you worked here <laughs> and I'm um, like you have yeah. a job so yeah it was uh it was <laughs> not the most glamorous moment but yeah I got the email and and I started with them, they wanted me to start quick. So I just, I, ha- I didn't have a lot of money at the time. And I had like this tiny little blue Impala that the windows wouldn't roll up. And I just shoved everything I possibly could into this Impala and drove down to Florida.
1: And that was the beginning. That was
2: the beginning. Did,
1: were you in NXT for a while?
2: I was only in NXT for nine months. So I got hired in January. Which is
1: short. Those yeah. people that go there for five years.
2: It was, it, I, again, right place, right time. Yeah, that's um, right. I actually started on my birthday of January of 2017. And then I debuted... And again, right place, right time. They just needed somebody that looked as insane as Nikki Cross. And that's why I debuted on NXT. (laughs) And then shortly after that, in November of 2017 of the same year, um, is when myself, Liv, and Sarah debuted. And from what I understand, I don't know how much truth there is to this. Vince watched The Suicide Squad and wanted a Joker, a Harley Quinn, and a Beast. In a female faction, and that's why we just—I'm going to throw fun. a
1: flag on the play there. And I say don't that know, Vince probably did not watch <laughs> the Suicide the Squad. That's the
2: only thing I've heard.
1: Although he did watch Spider-Man once, I know he watched Spider-Man, so he, maybe he is into the to the Marvel maybe, universe. Who maybe, knows? Right? I'm
2: not sure. I, I, maybe well, it was just a trailer he watched. I'm, I just know. I, cause maybe I've somebody told
1: wondered. him about it. Maybe I've or?
2: always wondered what made him put that group together. Like the three of us couldn't. So have what did possibly. he
1: want? He wanted a Joker, which was me, right?
2: A Harley Quinn, which was Liv Morgan. And a Beast, which was Sarah. Well, that does make sense.
1: Exactly. And the funny thing is, and being in the right place at the right time, things always working together. You debuted in AEW as what?
0: The, the Joker. Joker. <laughs> wow. I didn't even put
2: See, that hey, together. We're learning oh, things here wow. on Talk is Jericho. Wow. Wow. That's amazing.
1: Well, that makes sense yeah. then because I, when I saw the the, the, the the Suicide Squad, the Riot Squad, mm-hmm. I thought, well, that's an interesting pairing. Yeah. Very random, but that would make sense mm-hmm. if you saw that because that's mm-hmm. what you had. Yeah. Interesting.
2: And we, from what I was told, we weren't supposed to be together for very long. Like, mm-hmm. we were supposed to debut together and then kind of split um, but they liked us together, and we loved being together. And I think that was one of the things that, because we didn't think we were going to last very long, we didn't change our individual characters, mm. and we just kind of like tried to get them to mesh together instead of like, oh, we're going to try to make each other a faction. We're like, okay, if we're going to get split up, we're going to stay who we are. And I think that's what helped us, is we had three individual characters that made, that made sense somehow in a weird way. Actually, accented each other. So, yeah, you know, I I love those girls. Like, and, but that's
1: how it works. So, like, even when when we started with the inner circle, none of us really looked the same. Mm. And I was like, I, I keep saying, it reminded me of like original Guns and Roses. Mm. Like when you see them in nineteen eighty seven, they don't really look like they're in the same band. Yeah. But that's the beauty of it. It's yeah. The genius. It just works. The yeah. chemistry is there. You know. And it seems like you guys had that with with Riot and, that, so
2: and that's the best part. Is like. Even, even just aesthetically or, or in-ring work because like in, in-ring work our stuff was different too but like one thing that I loved about it is like we had something that appealed kind of to everybody is like Sarah was more of a brawler and Liv did a lot of the high flying mm. and stuff like that and, and and you know I did a lot of the talking mm. but like I think it just like it just appeal there was something and that's what i love about wrestling and like that's one of the things i love about this locker room and this especially just this women's division just taking a look at it is like there's so many different mm. women different looking women different women from different backgrounds that have different stories and like just so many like just such a complexity within this this right. division that i absolutely love and I think it's so awesome because there's something for everybody
1: mm-hmm. here. And I love that. I love that so much. It really is like a wrestling buffet, we say. It you know? really is. Because also, too, like everybody comes from different places. There's real no cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. And once again, nothing against, uh, well, I guess NXT now is mm-hmm. completely different from what it was when you guys were there. But there's no real kind of everyone learns in their areas where mm-hmm. they learn. If you're coming from Lafayette, if you're coming from Japan, if you're mm-hmm. coming from Canada. And that's kind of the style you bring to the show.
2: Yeah. And, you know and I, that's yeah i i just this place is just so different and like that's that's the thing that that i've, I've been asked and I'm like why why AEW why AEW it's just like this is the thing that this place stands for the thing that i love about wrestling is just complexity and diversity and being different than anything else or anyone else out there and it's hard to do that in pro wrestling because everything's been done but this place has managed to be different to do different things to push boundaries and I love that
1: about this place that's one thing I really loved like I mentioned about New Japan then coming to AEW Mm -hmm. was and this is once again I worked for WWE for almost 20 years Mm -hmm. I I loved it had a great time there had a lot of great matches etc etc but there's a certain way that they do things and that is the way they do it Mm -hmm. it's very successful Mm -hmm. who are we to judge Mm -hmm. but this is not getting pretentious, but I really stress this all the time. Wrestling is art. Mm-hmm. Anytime you create something out of nothing, you're creating art. We're, mm-hmm. we're putting it in our match or whatever it may Absolutely. be. You have to let the artists be artists. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can tell me, okay, Chris, paint a picture of a cow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's my cow. And maybe I'll put some maybe I'll put some wings on it, or maybe I'll make a space cow. Yeah. But if you tell me paint a picture of what? Oh, we don't know. Yeah. We'll get to it. What? Or if I'm painting the cow, and they say, "Okay, change it to an elephant," it's like, mm-hmm. no, WB does that. Here we don't. We let you be an artist, and mm-hmm. we say we want you to paint this. Mm-hmm. And the creativity here uh, just reinvigorated my love for the business, like yeah. you said, because I get to be an artist.
2: Yeah, and one of the things that I have stressed um, a bunch of times, and the thing that like kind of started my excitement for this place and to work with this place was my first conversation with Tony was I was like, okay, tell me what you need. Tell me what you want, like, just so you know, my hair is orange now and um, also like, tell me what I can, how I can help you like, tell me how, how, like, and it's it was very much like a trying to get like answers from him of like, and he's like, and he's just like, basically just stopped me and was like, I just want you to be you and come work for me. Mm. And that was it. That was it. And I was like, it was the most simplistic, straight to the point answer that it like fried my brain. Where I was like, it like malfunctioned. I was like, what? And like that was such an amazing thing for me, for me to be like, I just I could just be me. Like I I kinda I kinda can't do this wrong. <laughs> yeah. Because i there really is there's no, no wrong, way. wrong way to just be me. There and really like isn't. that's such a and a freeing beautiful feeling and it's just i like i said i keep waiting for like someone to wake me up or like <laughs> shoe to drop something like, okay. and it's just it hasn't happened yet and it's just this place is just so 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 special and i'm i'm just like i couldn't be more honored just to be here I keep saying it, it sounds like corny, like I'm just happy no, to be here, but it, I really am. But
1: I think everybody that comes here really, even if at first they might be a little hesitant, mm-hmm. like really? Because you hear, oh, this is such a great place, or this is so much fun, or this mm-hmm. is freedom. You don't really know for sure. Mm-hmm. And then you come here are like, oh my goodness, no. it really is exactly what they told us it was yeah. going to be, you know?
3: Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. Hot! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.
1: Let's talk a little bit more about WWE. How did you end up with the name of Ruby Riot?
2: So I am actually the one who pitched that. Ruby was originally from Ruby Soho. from Ruby. So at the time yeah. I wasn't like pals with Lars. So <laughs> that wasn't an option. So I, 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 I
1: call didn't... him the, the other Lars by the way. It's like, <laughs> there's only, you can't be, you can't be named Lars and be a rock star. Yeah. You're the other Lars. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, so you got Ruby from that. So Ruby was from that. And then I just was trying to figure out a last name that I felt like was to the point was kind of like that expressed my personality and that like really felt like I could just like let loose a little bit and that people could pronounce because yeah. for some reason loveless I <laughs> spelled it
1: So that that, really bugs you, didn't uh, it? Oh, <laughs> it
2: was just for so many years. <laughs> Heidi Lovelace and I was like no. sounds like a
1: porn star. Yeah, I
2: know right. that's what I'm saying. That's right. what I'm saying and that's why you <laughs> could tell a bunch of dudes gave me that name like <laughs> <laughs> like but It just, yeah, and it was like one of the first ones, and it was super last minute. Like, I don't think my, my entry into when I debuted with NXT, I don't think it was, I think it was a very last minute, like, okay, let's just give her this name, and like, this is what it was. And then when I got up to the main roster, we added a T
1: uh,
2: because they wanted to do the Riot Squad. But that, I think, was already in their Trademark trademarked. So.
1: Isn't it amazing how you can do that? Yeah. Like Riot Squad is trademarked, but two Ts is okay? Two Ts, seems right. like kind of a, it like It
2: sounds the exact same. I know. Same. It seems like a ripoff. <laughs> yeah. Like, really? I, I didn't know it, though, until I started coming down. We were, like, looking at our, uh, our Tron, and I saw it, and I was like... <laughs> my name wrong and they're like oh no no by the way you got another t and i was like oh okay cool (laughs) (laughs) sounds the same to me
1: did you have any other because a lot of times that when they'll say come up with some names Mm -hmm. did you have any other alternatives or was riot i
2: I think the only other one that i'd really like that i can remember because i had a list but i honestly the only one i can remember um was ramona that was the only other one that I had was obviously from you know the Ramones Duh. also yeah. also um, I did love Ramona
1: movie. Riot or Ruby Ramona yeah
2: I both I had I had all versions of it as because as, I didn't know what they would take and I had a list and I can't even remember some of the other ones but Ramona was the other one um, for that reason and for um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World um, Ramona Flowers was my <laughs> yeah.
1: that's a good call yeah,
2: yeah. so it's um, a fun movie yeah yeah I and my first entrance music was Black Sheep by Metric
1: really um, that
2: song that was my very first entrance music um i think that movie
1: went over a lot of people's heads people didn't get it you know yeah
2: but yeah so those were yeah those were the ones that um but like it ruby right was the first one that like stuck and then after getting called it for so many years like it just fit me a lot better when people would call me heidi it it just always didn't connect but like ruby always did so i I definitely wanted to keep it and then Mm. we got to here where i'm i just get to Call myself cool because you know Rancid (laughs) associates themselves with me. So,
1: but now people don't know that don't know Rancid associated with you.
2: Yeah, which is which is great. Like I I, um I get tweets a lot that are like I didn't really like I listened to Rancid a long time ago, but I I found my love for him again. I've been listening to him all week, and all I just want to be like is you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Like because they're awesome.
1: Did you talk to Lars after your? Oh yeah,
2: oh yeah. He he texted me immediately after, and he was. He was so, like, he was so great. He's like, I was just, you know, thanks so much. I was honored to be able to, you know, be a part of that moment. I was like, man, like, thank, like, you helped make that moment even more special than what it already was. Like, it was special from a wrestling perspective, but my love for punk rock and my love for pro wrestling, which were two things that I hold probably the closest to my heart and things that built me as, as a person, um... came together in that moment and like I think you know people were excited to to see me but they were also like wondering is she gonna get the song like (laughs) you know that's her name but is she gonna get the song right and then the song came on and I think that excitement was also because that song is so rad that like it helped even amplify that moment for me and like hearing that in the background feeling that was just was just
1: Amazing. Well, another thing is, too, that a lot of people don't realize, like, you know, even with Fozzie Judas, like, just because, you know, I wave my magic wand or the band mm-hmm. does doesn't mean you necessarily can use it. Mm-hmm. It's up to the record company, the publishing. Oh, there's so so much maybe stuff. Lars owns that. but he, mm-hmm. But if he doesn't, then he would have to go through whatever record company owns the publishing yeah. to his music to get that.
3: Yeah.
2: You
1: know, and yeah. that's always a trick too. People, are, oh, you can't just use it. No, no, there's so
2: much, there's so more. much there's behind things. it. There's so many other things involved that need approval and stuff, and that's why, like, to both Rancid and you know, to Tony with with them, to yeah. be able to come to an agreement to allow me to use it. I'm, I'm, I'm we
1: so we hyped. wanted to use, uh, back in black for when the inner circle returned after mm-hmm. we got beaten by the Pinnacle. Uh, ACC didn't even call us back, mm. and then Max and I before that wanted to use. Um, a running with the devil just once. Oh, and sick. they came back and said, okay, one one use, $500,000. Which is basically a nice way of saying, you know, go f- <laughs> 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 But at least they came back. Yeah. Like, ACDC came back They're, with, no, I'm not even... We're not even going to entertain even,
2: this. Exactly.
1: <laughs> we'll use it for Applebee's, yeah. but we're not even going to entertain it. Yeah. So the fact that you got it, once again, for people listening, it's not as easy as yeah. Lars Frederson going, go ahead. You yeah. have to get all the bells and whistles to do it, but I'm glad that you did.
2: So how does it feel, though, too, like with... So I know just hearing... A song that I love and that I hold near and dear to my heart from a band that I love hearing the fans sing it for you your song having them continuously sing it even after the music's done how does that feel
1: well the cool thing is the reason why I started using it in the first place is once again going back to to Japan when Mm -hmm. I worked the Tokyo Dome with Kenny Mm -hmm. I couldn't use break the walls down obviously it's WB song plus I wouldn't want to do that anyway Mm -hmm. so what can I use? And we've been trying to get to Japan for years with Fozzie. It was mm-hmm. like, well, maybe if I use Judas for the Tokyo Dome with 50,000 people hearing it, maybe somebody out there will go, hey, we should yeah. bring these guys to Japan. Hasn't worked yet, but it became a perfect song for groove, for yeah. attitude, for feeling. Yeah. And then when I had my cruise last year, uh, we taped Dynamite on the cruise. And when I came to the ring, that's when everyone started singing it. It started on the cruise which was really cool. But then we had the pandemic where we had no crowds for like 10 months. And it was like, I hope people remember when they come back and they did. So that was cool because I was scared. Like, what if they just forget and they don't do it anymore? But you know, you want people, and this is another thing with Ruby Soho, your song, you want people to organically get engaged Mm -hmm. You know it used to be a catchphrase or something like that. now it's the music instantly yeah. it's like the modern version of stone cold's glass breaking wow, as yeah. soon as they hear it they're mm-hmm. excited mm-hmm. they know it's coming yeah it's very important yeah
2: it's it's amazing and i uh, again like nothing against anybody at wwe but i was not a huge fan of the song that i had before it wasn't that it was a bad song like the riot squad song wasn't a bad song but I just didn't feel like you didn't it didn't feel it, it right. It didn't yeah. give me the, the, yeah. the feeling that I wanted coming out. Like it just didn't I didn't feel like it represented us as a group. I didn't feel like it didn't give me that feeling. And the moment, the moment it all out, I heard that, I was like, this is what this it's is supposed to feel like. Yeah. This is what it's supposed to feel
1: What's like. supposed to give you the yeah, vibe. Yeah,
2: exactly. You
1: know, like when you feel a great song at a concert, like yeah. you feel like, you yeah. know, you want to jump up and down yeah. or you want to punch through a wall. I mean, that's what music can do.
2: And I think that's one of the best things about having that happen is it kind of ties, like, I know this is like this, this is a world that you live in all the time is being in concerts. And. Like, I think one of the things that I love about concerts is for a, a split second, we're all family. Like, for a yes. split second, oh, yes. every single person Everyone's the same. listening, we are all, like, a family. We've all yes. done each other our entire lives, just for that time period. And that's one of the things I love about concerts. I love about punk rock concerts and, and any concerts in general. Like, I just love that, like, that l- that love of that band, that song unifies these people. And I think that one of one of those things that that ties in with wrestling when you come out and, like, you're all, like, family at that moment. Like, we're all, like, we're sharing that love for that song because we love that song. And then you can hopefully, like, take them and continue to take them on that journey of, like, we're all in this together when I'm in the ring. That's like, right. I love that. I love that that combination of music and Wrestling. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, When you were talking about the the Riot Squad, how they kind of put you all together, Joker, Beast, and Mm -hmm. uh, 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 what was the other one? Oh, Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. Did you know those girls from before?
2: I knew Sarah. I've known Sarah... Since I broke in, um, I knew, I wrestled her for the first time. She was three matches in. I was three months in. It was a real bad match. <laughs> <laughs> It was a rough match. Um, but we'd known each other for a long time, and we were pretty much the only girls in our area. She's from, like, northern Kentucky, and I am from, you know, Indiana. And there wasn't a lot of girls in our, like, Midwestern area. So whenever – a lot of times on the indies at the time, because there weren't as many girls – when you would get booked somewhere. They'd be like, Do you have another girl?
1: Right. And you're like, opponent. oh, okay,
2: yeah. yeah, sure. And we it was always each other for us. And so she got hired before I did. And so I knew her of her, but me and Liv didn't know each other very well. We didn't really even talk much. Like we talked a little bit, um, in NXT, but we were worried at first that like the three of us together that like she would feel left out because we had me and Sarah did have so much history, but she was she just fit right in and she's super lovable. That mm-hmm, girl, she's mm-hmm. so lovable and she's so easy to like get along with and so easy to just hang out. And like she just everything that people saw on camera of like us accentuating each other because of how different we were, it was the same backstage. Like we were all so different. Sarah was always on time to everything. I was occasionally late. Liv was always late. <laughs> like <laughs> and stuff like that. Where like we we. We evened each other out very, very well, and uh, and yeah, that's why. Who I did
1: obviously. you feud with when you were the right squad?
2: Um, the f- my first feud, wa- like singularly was Charlotte, and then um, I also feuded with Natalia, um, and mainly it was just with the girls by my side, um, and then I also feuded with Rhonda and the Bellas at one point in okay. time. Um, Which was a lot of fun and then um, Those were my main I
1: wasn't working with Rhonda. She kind of took to wrestling very quickly. Yeah,
2: awesome Like she she honestly gave me probably one of my favorite matches that I had while I was there because it it meant a lot to us Um, She just she's one of those people that's incredibly humble when she knows she does not know a lot about What she's in at the moment, but she's a sponge that girl picks up super Mm. fast and legitimately has amazing instincts, like she's awesome. And we had a match at Elimination Chamber and we were on the house shows prior to that. And um, she and I had this match that we were super proud of. We were really, really excited to do. Um, We got to the show for Elimination Chamber. We had the time that we thought. And then a few minutes later, we were told it's going to be two minutes and tap her out. And it was just like that moment of like, okay. And like, I knew the story wasn't about me. It was leading into, you know, the first, um, WrestleMania, the women's, you know, main event and stuff. Like I knew that the story wasn't about me. But I was just so excited about that match and we were so proud of it because it was such a beautiful meld of our two styles. Like I wanted to approach her from a way of like, I don't ever want you to put me in a hold because if you do, I should, I should tap period. And I loved, I loved that challenge. I loved that challenge of looking at her and be like, okay. And I asked her like, what are all the things that I can do to you that will, that are not legal from where you come from and mixed martial arts. What are the things I, she's like, headbuds. use anything in the ring. I was like, okay, those are all the things I'm going to do because mm-hmm. anything that's illegal from where you come from, that's the only way I'm going to be oh, able to catch yeah, up. Oh, yeah,
1: that's guard. smart,
2: yeah. And so, like, I wanted to, and it, but it was so much fun because it was, like, this, like, this challenge of, and, like, to get my brain to think about wrestling differently than I had, you know, previous years. And I was just, I was so bummed. I was like, oh, man, like, we never get to, like, show that matchup. Yeah. And then, next thing I know, Rhonda... Went in and rallied for that match to happen on Monday Night Raw the next night. Oh wow! She went and she said, "I always have a title match defense the night after a pay per view, and I want it to be Ruby." Hmm. And she rallied for me, and that night we were the main event on Monday Night Raw. No was kidding. The one time oh, I, I was, I've ever been a main event, and it was and the match went off, um, you know, fairly well in in, in my opinion, and, and it was it was one of my favorite matches, and I enjoyed it quite a bit, and. Uh, and, yeah, she's, she's she's wonderful. She's just very, very smart and very, very driven and mm. just picks up so well. So, yeah, I, I loved working with her.
1: Had the Riot Squad broke up when you got let go?
2: Um, yeah, so not technically. So we had broken up when I, I – so I had um, double shoulder surgery. I had uh, – I was gone for 10 months mm. and had um, – That's what it was. Yeah, and had double shoulder surgery. That's when we were separated by the draft. Liv went to SmackDown. I think me and Sarah had stayed on Raw, but I, I, was, I was gone anyway. And then I came back from shoulder surgery um, and they had me... Uh, and I jumped Liv when I came back. And I think we were going to go into some kind of story and then shortly thereafter, Sarah got let go. And then it kind of turned into now... Liv and I are now back together. Um, it was like a kind of an abrupt end. And then Liv and I are now back together. And we are the Riot Squad once again, as but just like
3: a two, just just two a two
2: yeah. A, ta- a, yeah a two version tag team. And then when I got released, we were still technically the Riot mm. Squad when I got when I got let go. But yeah, so it, we the Riot Squad had seen some like kind of ups <laughs> and downs, and we were trying to you know stay above water, but it, it never really worked out for us. But yeah, yeah. But I uh, it was that with with them was some of the best times of my of my career is working with them and getting to go on road trips and stuff with them is just. An absolute blast.
1: You guys travel together?
2: All the time. Yeah, yeah we were always together. Always. We had like a, a very good system where <laughs> uh we would get two rooms, two hotel rooms, and then we would rotate whose, oh. whose turn was the to have the single room and then somebody would get the double and then we would <laughs> rotate it out. Um and then we would try to do the same thing with driving, but then we would avoid, you know, live driving at all because <laughs> um, she uh, she's she's from Jersey and mm-hmm. uh, she didn't really um, get her license until like while she was in, in the, with the WWE <laughs> so she didn't have a whole lot of driving experience that so we didn't really let her drive all that often <laughs>
1: um talking just as we start to wind down here just you mentioned, mentioned your tattoos uh in japan as as mm-hmm. stuff you have many many tattoos yes. <laughs> uh tattoo culture uh punk rock culture mm-hmm. what, what was kind of the impetus to get all these because they're everywhere
2: yes i've had there's been a lot of different influences and stuff like that that i wanted i think i think one of the the things that i love about i feel like i that i love about my my right sleeve especially in comparison to What is not quite a sleeve yet But is getting to my left Is like It kind of embodies Like who I was At one point Mm -hmm. And I think My right one Was Is a lot of like I just kind of wanted tattoos (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't really know Who I was I knew I wanted them I knew I didn't really know why I have a lot of flowers And stuff in here And like a lot of stuff Where I was just like This has no meaning Like and not every tattoo Has to have meaning behind it But I just like like I just kind of wanted tattoos. You just went I'm in like, and
1: said, What "You got something?" Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. And and I think that that kind of shows to like how insecure and unaware of my own self that I was is like this side. They're like, "Oh, your tattoo." I'm like, "These are so not thought out at all. Right. <laughs> um. But you know, I saw these at some point, probably in, in online somewhere. Like, but you know what I mean. And then like here, like there's a lot more. Those ones have meaning to have stories behind it and to have like real real like feeling behind any of them or creativity even even if i did like just let my artist just kind of go i knew that i knew what she was putting behind it mm. you know and so i think like like my neck and then my arm and stuff like that like it really is like okay i'm more confident in who i am i'm more confident in what i want to represent what i what i feel is important to me now as opposed to like i found this somewhere this yeah. looks cool it on my body.
1: It's so, so important to find the right artist, too.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%.
1: You know, because I, I was the same, like, I always wanted to have a sleeve, but never really had any ideas. And then finally, had an idea. I found the right guy, and mm-hmm. then I could say, Here's my idea. And my idea was like 1% of what he actually came up yeah. with to tie everything together. Mm-hmm. And that's so important, you know, that you, once you get that, then that really kind of helps you with your, you know, artistic journey. Oh,
2: too. 100%. And I think, too, that's the one thing that I, I feel like people, especially. Only if you find the right artist, because my, my artist that I have is actually a girl I went to high school with. Oh, good. She's the one who did my neck, um, and my hand, and my arm. Like she is incredible, and I and she's so creative. She's so creative, um, and she is one of those people that I can be like, I'm going to give you a broad idea but run with it. yeah, yeah And yeah, I yeah. feel like that doesn't happen enough because I've talked to her and I like I, I, I feel so bad for her when it comes to like, I want this in this specific way and this thing and this has to look through. Like these people are artists for a reason. Like mm-hmm. the good ones are an artist for a reason. Like they're going to be able to take you way past where you ever thought you could right, go. right right Trust them, you know? And so, uh, and she's been able to like, I've just given her a broad idea and been like, okay, this is kind of what I want the feeling to be behind it. If you can give it to me, that'd be great. And she she always has. She's always delivered.
1: Last few things. So now you mentioned being in the right place at the right time. You're in AEW. It's been a few weeks, like we said. Uh, what do you kind of see yourself and what's your plan and what's your thought and vision for the future over the next few months?
2: I First and, first and foremost, I want to wrestle as much as humanly possible. <laughs> I literally want to be in the ring as much as I can just because... I just i i've i feel like i have a lot of catching up to do mm. not necessarily because i haven't been in the ring but like feeling how like again like falling back in love i feel like right. every time i'm in the ring it's another date it's another date <laughs> you know so yeah. um i uh i want to wrestle as much as possible these girls are absolutely incredible and and really just and want and want to wrestle just as much as i do and want to tell stories which is which is all that i want to do and like I think that each one of these girls is going to bring out a different side of me, a different fight to me, and I'm I'm really excited about that. And I just want to have fun. Mm-hmm. I want to come to work and I want to have fun. I want to enjoy myself. I want I want to root for other people. <laughs> I want to come out and I want to sing and air guitar to all with all the fans to my incredible re- entrance music. I just I want to just feel like I know I know I feel like I'm home, but I just want to just. I just want to have a good time. I I want to tell some stories (laughs) and I I just want to, if I can, if I, if I, if I can, I want to help take this women's division to the next level. And like to where it's no question anymore. AEW is the top tier product. Hands down. There's no question. Men, women, everybody is just the top tier. This is the brand to beat. And I,
1: it's a a huge acquisition. to have you here for sure. Oh, Thank you. Uh, last two, Questions. Okay. Uh, favorite match you ever had?
2: <sighs> favorite match I ever had? Ever? Ever? Mm, favorite match I ever, ever had? Hon- on- honestly. Mm-hmm maybe that one with Rhonda. I like, I think cause it meant so much cause like right. we had to kind of work event, for it. Yeah. It was the main event, but like we had to work for yeah. it. We had to convince people to let us do it. And then like, I felt like we delivered. So like the meaning behind it. And like I said, the challenge to like, to try and like adhere to a different style was, was awesome and got my brain working in a bunch of different ways. I think that one was amazing. I had a couple like, inter intergender matches that I did on the indies that I really, really enjoyed. I had a match in Canada um, with a guy named Josh Alexander um, who currently works with impact, who is incredibly talented and super, super smart. And I, I, it was like he had just come back from his neck injury and he trusted me on a lot of stuff and I was very grateful. So definitely that one of those matches is probably one of my favorites. Um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had, there's, I have so many for different reasons emotional reasons, things sure. I've learned, and stuff like that. What about you? What's your favorite match ever now that I'm going to put you on the spot? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's weird because, like, the, the latter match I had with Sean for the WWE title was one because mm-hmm. of the same thing because we worked seven months. Mm-hmm. It's great program. A lot of the ones I've had here, the one I had with Moxie where I mm-hmm. lost the title to him was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stadium stampedes have been great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had. You know, the one that pops. my had a match with Isaiah Cassidy about mm-hmm. three months ago. That was awesome. The ones I had with Orange Cassidy, lots of Cassidy's here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like you. W- w- there's a lot of different ones for different ideas and mm-hmm. different places in my life and my career. But usually, I know when I come out of the ring, that was great. Wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Could have been better. The one I just had with Max with mm-hmm. MJF on the on the pay per view that you debuted was yeah. was, was awesome for yeah. a lot of reasons too. So. Last question. I'll put you in the Brookside spot. Oh goodness! Top five punk bands now.
2: Oh no! <laughs> you're doing it to me. Terrible. Oh no, Robbie. I hope you're not listening. No, He's I'm not. not. Gonna, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to say Alkaline Trio. I promise. <laughs> um, but I do love Alkaline Trio. There's no disrespect there. That. No, no disrespect there. Um, so I would have to say the ones that come into my brain right this very second: Rancid, of course. Has to be number one. Not a lot of people know about this one, but Pup is uh, is a punk band that I love very much. Um, I have to say, you know, uh, one of my always will always be my favorites is the Misfits. Mm, Um, I know there's a lot of, the Danzig version, um, <laughs> who is also a huge wrestling fan by He's the way. I don't know if you know fan. this. Yes, but yes do, yeah. Glenn Danzig is a huge wrestling fan. He called mm-hmm. me a scumbag one time, and I loved it. Oh. <laughs> it was <laughs> the best day of my life. Um, okay, we're at three. Um, State champs is another um, one that Robbie would definitely call bubblegum pop, but is very, very boy, yeah. yes. But they were they were another one of my entrance entrance musics post uh, Black Sheep. And then I'm going to have to say the one that I keep coming back to is is The Clash. Oh, yeah. Um, and, that was, and, and that was because Robbie and I, like a, a close like tie with The Clash is Bad Brains. Um, Bad Brains and The Clash Mainly also to um, MVP is a huge fan of Bad Brains Yes he and, is yeah. um, Robbie is a huge fan of The Clash Just so that I don't get yelled at By either one of them <laughs> Those are both amazing bands So <laughs> yeah so those That's are a definitely. good list
1: There's the, One of my favorites this Is Pretty Obscure from Canada From the 80s They're called the Dayglow Abortions mm. Great just kind of a Dead Kennedys type vibe Gotcha, to it. gotcha, gotcha And the album to check out Is Here Today Guano Tomorrow
0: oh. <laughs> There you go oh
3: guano <laughs> bat poop there you go <laughs> uh,
1: but you are definitely not guano Yay. Ruby Soho it's awesome to talk to you and uh, I'm excited to see all the great things you're going to oh, do here so in AEW thank you for having me Chris
3: I appreciate it it thank was awesome you. thank you